folks, I want to welcome you to another episode of Life Around the Fire. My name is David Hutari, and I'll be your host today. We are a podcast that's devoted to spiritual growth, and when I'm talking about spiritual growth, I'm referring to a relationship with God and with one another. It's kind of hard to separate the two. You know, you can say, I love God, and you can't see God, and you look at your neighbor or the person next to you and say, I can't stand you. Well, it doesn't correlate. It's kind of like impossible. If you say you love God who you can't see and you hate your neighbor, you don't like your neighbor who you can see, it's not true. So we're growing in our relationship with God and with one another. And when I talk about God, I'm talking specifically about God as our Father, our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the person that next that's right next to us is the person right next to us. That's uh, pretty simple. So what I'm not referring to when it comes to God is some sort of cosmic consciousness that's rather nebulous or a Wiccan form of uh, deity worship that is a lesser God or a type of just animalistic or Eastern mysticism. All those things are perhaps, you know, things that we've dabbled in, but they are not what this podcast is devoted to. This podcast is devoted to the supreme God, the most high God, actually the one and only God. So, that being said, today I want to devote this particular podcast to a topic that is very close to me, and it involves people that have been in a place of leadership and have fallen. And when I say fallen, that means that something has happened in your life that you have done or has been done to you, and it has caused you to either go into a tailspin, or it has created some controversy, or you had to leave a position of leadership, whether that's in the church, whether that's in the community, whether that's political, something has happened that has caused you as a leader to fall. I can speak firsthand regarding that, and I will. And at times it can seem, and it is at times, a difficult and somewhat embarrassing or even shameful thing to talk about because, you know, we like to have an image about ourselves that's uh, pretty well put together, or at least, you know, we're just going about doing our business and please no attention at all. But as a leader, we become visible in many respects, and the good is visible as well as the stuff that is absolutely not good. 
fill in the blanks, right? And so there are other things, though, that really cause a person to either be asked to step down or because of a situation you voluntarily step down or step aside from your position of leadership. And that's kind of like, there's a lot that goes along with that. Sometimes, you know, uh, nobody knows you when you're down and out. There's an old song that, uh, kind of a blues song that goes like that. At uh, everyone's your friend when things are going well, but nobody knows you when you're down and out. And I can say firsthand that is an absolute reality. Back in the 80s and 90s, I was a leader in the church. I was a, an associate pastor. I was a senior pastor, very visible in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And saw a lot of really, 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 really good things taking place in the inner city, in the suburb, and just some really cool stuff that were very, very beneficial, not just sociologically, but spiritually very powerful. And it was my, it was my whole heart intention to have that be everything that I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. I was happy for the most part with what was taking place. You know, there's, there's good days and bad days, but I really enjoyed what was taking, what was happening. And then through a series of events, I needed to step down from that place of leadership. And in stepping down from that, I went into a personal tailspin that lasted about 25 years. I became very involved, uh, heavily involved in drinking. I drank, I, I, I was an alcoholic, but I had not for years had anything to drink. I chose to go back to drinking because I was hurt I was wounded, I was angry, I was upset, I was lonely. It seemed like I had the plague. Nobody wanted to touch me, talk to me, have anything to do with me, seemingly. And I felt sorry for myself in a big way. And so, I complicated the situation by involving myself not only in drinking, but in other drugs and in illicit sex. I became an immoral person and all of that was so far removed from the way that I was living before that it was almost unrecognizable. And you say, well, why are you telling me this? Well, I'm telling you this because there's somebody that's listened to this or you know somebody who has fallen from a place of leadership, whether it's been in the church, as I said, or in the community or in a, some visible form of leadership. And you're not there, or they're not there anymore. And there is uh, could be difficulties, maybe in the area of drinking, maybe in the area of drugs, maybe in the area of sex, gambling. You know, the list goes, again, on and on and on. The point is, uh, you stay there, is that really the end of the road? What do you do with a fallen leader? Especially a fallen leader who reaches a point where they say, Uncle. You know, I've had enough. Or in this case, God speaks to a person like me and says, in essence, have you had enough now? Will you let me help you now? And being able to receive the humility 
necessary to repent, meaning to change, to turn, to confess openly what was really a barrier that had been placed between God and other people and asking for forgiveness and for restoration. Restoration. <laughs> restoration back into where I was before or back into where you were before. My encouragement is to, for anybody to step back from that preconceived notion and really, 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 first and foremost, focus in on the time necessary to actually let God go into the areas of your life. I invited God into the areas of my life, sincerely, to the deep areas, to the areas that were really wounded, to the areas that were just really gross to look at, things that I had done, things that had been done to me, it was just very hard in many respects, but very necessary because I couldn't really take care of anything that was going on. I tried. I'd gone to treatment, as I had mentioned in previous podcasts, I'd gone to treatment over a dozen times. Worked hard. Drug and alcohol treatment. Worked hard. Inpatient programs. Came out, determined that I wasn't going to drink. Went back to drinking. Point being, again, that my efforts were running out and had run out. And for many of us, for many of you, that's really about it, you know. And so, yet inside, there was a deep hunger and desire somewhere inside of me to say, God, please don't let this be the end of me. I, please, at least... Let me not be this. And by your mercy, help. By your help. Such, I mean, really, such a simple word, but sometimes one of the most difficult words to come out of our mouths is to say, God, God help. Especially if a person is like angry with God. It's like, or perhaps even a place where you said, I don't even know if I believe in God or a God. I don't know what I believe. Well, even in that place, it's all right. <laughs> it really is, actually. It's all right to say, God, help. I need help. Please help me. In my case, the question was posed to me. Are you done? It's Are you ready to come off the shelf? It's time to come off the shelf now. The process of restoration. There's some examples in the Bible about people who've fallen. Moses. Moses was a person in a position of leadership in Egypt and he killed a man, got frightened, and went away and spent years 
hiding from the situation until God spoke to him out of a burning bush. And called him to be one of the most mighty men and deliverers that have ever lived. Go figure. A murderer turned into a deliverer. And I've done some stuff, but I've never murdered anybody. But maybe you have. I mean, maybe you have. You're like, I mean, that's pretty severe. And I've done some pretty severe stuff. None of which I'm proud of. But now it's being used. What was once intended for evil has been turned around for something good. And that's why I'm sharing this right now. So that there would be hope for you because I felt hopeless. Man, that's a place of death. That's difficult. In fact, that's dangerous. My prayer, my reason for sharing this is to see you come out of that. Because you can. Not by yourself, but by God. Literally with the help of God. Moses, right? Moses, murderer turned into liver. David, adulterer and murderer. Kind of a double whammy there, right? David in the Bible, adulterer, murderer, considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest king outside of Jesus Christ that has ever reigned in Israel. An adulterer, murderer, turned into a prophet, priest, and king. God. God and only God can accomplish that. In fact, as I'm speaking, there is, I know there is, there's at least one person right now who is hearing this and who is saying to themselves, You're talking to me, David. I'm sure there's more than one, but I know for a fact that there's at least one person who's hearing this and saying, I have been that person who's been a leader and I have fallen and I'm not in a place where I'm healthy at all. In fact, I'm desperate. That's actually good. That's actually good. Coming to the end of oneself is not a bad thing. Feels horrible, but things will change. Things do change. The process of restoration. For each person, it's a little bit different, obviously, because we are different. The process of restoration is a process. First and foremost, we need to be in a place where the hurt and the pain, the guilt, the sin, the shame, the stuff, the junk needs to be dealt with. And the only way it can be dealt with is by bringing that to the Lord and having some element of accountability with another living human being that's in a good place. It's not enough to go to the bar and talk to the bartender or the person next to you. I mean, a lot of people do it, and it seems like the world's problems get solved, but they really, obviously, they really don't. In fact, it exacerbates them. 
having a person who's wise and who can help in the process of restoration is absolutely vital. I have that in my life. The process of restoration has begun and as a result of going through a deep, deep, deep cleansing and elements of plural, elements, times of confessing things to another person, to God first, to another person, and asking for forgiveness from God, sometimes asking forgiveness from other people, and asking the Lord to apply his blood. The only way that things can be clean is by blood. There's no other agent that's available that can clean it. Counseling won't do it. Drugs won't do it. God's blood, the blood of Jesus Christ will do it. It's more powerful than anything else. It washes whiter than snow. That's more than a slogan. That's a reality. The process of restoration. When we go through that process, the beautiful thing that's taking place is that as we're going through it, we're actually being prepared for our next step. And our next step, believe it or not, but I hope that you believe it because I'm telling you the truth. I've been commissioned by the Lord to be a truth speaker, not just a truth seeker, but a messenger of truth. I've lived a life of telling lies. Thought I was good at it. There's no good that comes out of lies. <laughs> I mean it. You know it. I'm saying it. There's nothing good that comes out of lies. There is no such thing as a half-truth. It's either true or not. The truth is that through restoration, the beauty of God is to take what was intended for evil and turn it around for good so that where you wind up is actually in a place that is larger, better, different, but larger and better. It's under different circumstances. It's not necessarily going back to being a church leader, pastor. I mean, that can take place. That does take place. But it just might not take place. So I'm saying keep your mind and your heart open. That's vital. I'm telling you from experience, if we have preconceived notions, if I had a preconceived notion, I did, it had to be dealt with so that I could be open, not being the one in the driver's seat, as it were. God is calling us to be involved in something that's impossible without him. We're saying again, God is calling each and every one of us to a place of dependency on him. It's impossible for it to happen unless we do it together with God. Another person put it this way. He said, I want to be involved in something that's doomed to failure unless God is in it. <laughs> Ultimately, we're not really in the driver's seat. When we try to be, man, it's problematic. The process, the process of restoration that's something that, once again, is going to be unique to each individual, but 
My encouragement is to submit, to yield, and commit to that process. Because on the other side of that process, and in many respects, the process is going to be ongoing for all of us. We are in the place of becoming perfect, as it were. We are perfect in Christ where he's seated, but we are here right now. And so there is a process of us being perfect. But the Holy Spirit who is living in us is our helper, and he's helping us make decisions that are wise, not foolish. The process of restoration involves listening to the Holy Spirit. He is one who speaks. The Holy Spirit is a person, just like Jesus was a person, just like the Father is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person, and he lives within us. He wants to dwell within us, and he wants to be comfortable. He wants to arrange the furniture so that he's comfortable. It's our place to really conform to what he desires so that he abides in us and that there is a unity that's taking place, a union, and the power of that union is absolutely phenomenal. We become normal. When we have fallen, we become somewhat abnormal, subnormal, below the basement. In the process of restoration, fortunately, we start out at ground level and go from there. However, the Lord does have a fast track where things take place now. <laughs> In fact, to God, it's all now. No yesterday, no tomorrow. It's all now is eternal. He calls us into eternal life. And the beauty of what he is doing is that he can do in a moment what we won't be able to do if we tried an entire lifetime. The process of restoration. My encouragement to each and every person who has been a leader and is in a place of saying, God, I'm at the end of my rope. Help. The Lord wants to restore you to a place of health in him and unity with him and others, but also to be in a place of moving forward so that others who are in a place of difficulty can have help. So my prayer is that this message will find its way into your heart and encourage you and be for you an aid in your process of restoration and for you to see what the next step is going to be. Let's pray. Father, God, I thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, for your redemptive power, for you redeeming us from the slave block, from buying us back from bondage and releasing us, the good news of your kingdom, God, that you have called us to be citizens of your kingdom and in relationship with you and with one another. Father, by your Holy Spirit, I ask that there would be in the life and in the whole package of experience for the individuals listening, that there would be a freedom, 
that there would be a freedom to engage in the process of restoration and renewal and be part of the reviving of your church, Lord. I thank you. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, folks, if you have any questions, please drop a line at lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. That's all lowercase, all one word, lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. It's been great. I love you. We'll talk later. Bye.